0: Hi, Chloe. Hi, Sophia. Thanks for being on Girlboss Radio again. You're welcome. While Jericho gallivants around enjoying her time in America. (laughs) Is that your Australian accent? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So, it is, it's drinking season. It is, it's the holidays. I know, you can't get through the season without having a little bit of wine. And you know what wine is great for? Gifting. Definitely. And what better way to buy wine than with Wink. That's W I N C. Do you know what Wink is? No. What is Wink? So <laughs> <laughs> So Wink is an amazing wine subscription service that allows you to discover great wines. So you take a palate profile quiz on wink.com and their wine experts select wines matched to your tastes, personalized just for you, shipped right to your door and starts at just $13 a bottle. So and with each wine you get, you can rate it and they further personalize their recommendations as you go on. So if you want heavy ass bottles of wine delivered right to your door that you don't want to carry in from your car you can go to trywink.com that's dot com. there's no membership fees you can skip any month you can cancel at any time and shipping is complimentary so i mean i don't even know how they afford that but you should probably take advantage of it again it's trywink.com slash girlboss and you'll get twenty dollars off your first shipment Wow. I know. I want to take the quiz. It's free shipping and you get $20 off, so it's like, I mean, wow, I don't know how they do that. But it's trywink.com, that's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash girlboss for $20 off. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word— which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girlboss Media, and this is
1: Girlboss Radio.
0: High-performance achievers come in all different personality types. Some might even be hiding in the bathroom. Just ask Mora Aarons-Melly. Mora has always gone for it. Ivy League, education, great jobs— She was always reaching for the next big opportunity, but after quitting 10 jobs before she turned 30, she realized something was wrong. She was sad, depressed,
1: and crying in the bathroom. And in my 20s, I worked mostly in internet, consumer internet. I worked at iVillage. I worked in New York. I worked in London. I went all over the world, and I was so unhappy. I was a mess. Outwardly successful, inwardly having panic attacks, deeply depressed, anxiety disorder, and crying in many bathrooms and acting out. And then finally one day I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. I can't keep doing this.
0: But as an introvert and self-described hermit, Mora came to the realization that sometimes success might mean leaning out instead of leaning in. Now, Mora Ahrens-Mele is an entrepreneur, author, and host of the podcast Hiding in the Bathroom. She founded the digital marketing agency Women Online and has launched award-winning campaigns for the United Nations, Hillary Clinton, and President Barack Obama, to name a few. Today, Maura is here to talk about her new book, Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's
1: roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. That is what I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about someone who is very ambitious and driven to succeed, but to take care of her mental health spiritual health and and person needs control over her time and place and pace of life. So I wrote a handbook about it. I, I made a New Year's resolution as it was about to turn 2016 that I wanted to grow my business Women Online, but travel less, not be on planes. And I wanted to network less because I hate the idea of networking. It's just I'm allergic to it. <laughs> And I thought, how do I do this?
0: We'll swap stories about life as an introvert. We're going to talk about anxiety, societal pressure,
1: and the ever-increasing push to keep moving up. It's the same as knowing what to say yes and no to because, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And those of us who really know what works and what we can say no to and when to leave, I think it's a huge power. But first,
0: girl bosses. Beautiful art director, Chloe Parks, is here to join me. So it's the week after Thanksgiving. Yes, it certainly is. Did you take advantage of any Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales? I'm like not very good at online shopping.
2: Really? It's a vice that I don't have. So we're going to try and like not, I don't. That's cool. Yeah, I, I i buy most of the clothes that I get in person. So I feel like the Black Friday thing if yeah. I go in the store, maybe. But
0: uh, Yeah, I don't really believe in, in buying stuff that you don't need. I think Black Friday is one of those things that really pushes that on you. But... Yeah. I think it makes sense if you like needed a fridge. Or parachute sheets, right? Yes. Yeah. Our holiday party is coming up. Oh, yes. I'm so excited.
2: Uh, I can't wait to have that party at the office and then many more parties and events so and
0: fun things. Because we have a big outdoor space at our office with a basketball court and... Palm trees, yes, and neon lights, slam dunking, just Sidewalk into the new talk, year. The whole deal, <laughs> yeah. So very exciting for us here at Girl Boss. And we have so much to celebrate this year. I know it's true. And I just want to take a minute to thank everybody who's tuned into Girl Boss Radio this year and last year, and followed everything that we're doing, and is downloading this podcast every month because there's a lot of you and. You know, at the end of last year, I was feeling like I was just fell off the planet and that there was no way in hell. Like, I would be here today recording this podcast and have an amazing team and that people would still care about what we're doing. And it's it's really cool. So I'm going to take this moment to say thank you, even though Thanksgiving was last week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of being grateful. Mm hmm. I'm grateful for Pinterest for supporting Girl Boss Radio. And we've been doing something that I really love doing with them, which is called What If Wednesday. It's hashtag what if Wednesdays. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that we've renamed Boring Wednesday. Or hump day, or whatever you want to call it. What if Wednesday and christened it the official day to try new things?
2: With our partners at Pinterest, we're asking you to try new stuff with us and you can win some rad prizes. We're giving away three signed copies of Sophia's new book, The Amazing Girl Boss Workbook, every week. And we're giving everyone a chance to win two free tickets to the next Girl Boss Rally in Los Angeles. So listen up because you definitely want to join us and uh, enter for a chance to win.
0: Each week on this podcast, we assign you a new challenge. And then you head to Pinterest. And specifically, we want you to go to our Girl Boss board called What If Wednesday, which is full of inspiration to get you started. And so the question here is, what if you did something new today to boost your productivity and save you money without even leaving the house? And I think cooking at home can be a huge way to save money. I know I personally don't do it enough, and my health... Probably suffers as a result. So drop the takeout menu and start making your own DIY versions of takeout food at home today and see how much money you save this week and not to mention how much more pleasurable your dinners will be.
2: Girlboss has a bunch of inspiration and recipes for meals and condiments on our hashtag WhatIfWednesday Pinterest board. So have a look and then show us what you made on Instagram. Use the hashtag WhatIfWednesday, hashtag GirlbossRadio, and hashtag MyPinterest so we can find you. Then you could be featured on Girlboss.com and you could win those sweet prizes I just mentioned. And we can't wait to see what you create. I am going to make curry. Ooh, I'm going to make
0: sandwiches because, you know. I used to work at Subway. Hell yes. (laughs) I worked at Jamba Juice. (laughs) Amazing.
1: That was my first
0: job. (laughs) I got to quit because I got mono. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I I think I quit. I'm proud of that. Yeah. I was like, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a mono smoothie. Yeah. So uh, I have a surprise for you. What? We talk about Parachute a lot on this podcast, but this week we have Ariel Kay, the founder of Parachute Home, here on Girlboss Radio. Amazing. Yeah, and so we're calling this segment The Founder Five. It's five questions with the founder that I think we should all know about. So here's Ariel. Thank you for coming on Girl Boss Radio.
3: Thank you. This
0: isn't our first time meeting. No. We met at, well, we met at Intelligentsia, Intelli- No, but we met at the rally dinner. Oh, yeah. We
3: met at the rally dinner in March. Mm-hmm. God. I can't, It feels like so long ago. And it was, that actually does feel like so long ago.
0: Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's good. Maybe. Uh, lots of. This year has been a. This year's been a doozy for everybody. Mm-hmm. So but I want to talk about this year. I want to talk about your early career. okay. What did you do before founding
3: Parachute Home? Uh, I worked in advertising, so well, I did a lot of things. I lived in New York for ten years, and in that time, I like thought I wanted to be a million different jobs. So I like worked in fashion for a bit. I worked in PR. I worked in music business, like working at a label, but then I worked in advertising for um, a few years.
0: Do you have like an MBA? Like, how did you figure no. out how to start a company?
3: No, I don't. And that I think is, I don't think you need an MBA to start a company. Um, I was on the strategic side of creative and advertising, so I was working a lot with um, doing consumer behavior research and really thinking about how to work with big brands and what motivates and inspires customers. And I think that was actually an amazing prerequisite to starting a company. Um, Just thinking about customers and what people want and how to connect with them. And then, you know, I realized I wanted to do something and have more of an impact and build a brand and have products.
0: Yeah. And so how did you get Parachute off the ground?
3: You know, that part is really a blur. Um, It was really like one foot in front of the other. And a lot of Google searches, like how do you order boxes and, you know, what are you supposed to do when this happens? But it was also a lot of hustle. I mean, I really was relentless. Um, I decided I wanted to do this, and then I did not stop. And I created, you know, a world for myself in which I had a lot of help through friends and a community. And I worked to um, build relationships. And I let go of every bit of pride and just like fought for it. Did
0: you find advice from other entrepreneurs? Like, yeah. Did
3: anybody guide you? I definitely had advice from other entrepreneurs, some friends who were also entrepreneurs, and, you know, and then. I you know, I got my first investment about three months after we launched and so then I had this network of investors um, but actually before we launched I joined Launchpad which was an accelerator and uh, that was really helpful for a first-time founder with no team to have yeah, people that were also in that same boat and were are just trying to figure out how to solve all the basic problems and what I realized in that was that everyone that has a company is sort of trying to do the same thing. They're trying to acquire customers. They're trying to build a brand. They're trying to you know, get people connected. And so regardless of what industry you're in, you can really find similarities and be really helpful to people mm-hmm. without being competitive.
0: And having investors who understand what you're doing, I think, can also be really, really helpful. Uh, what were some of the challenges though in in finding investment and in pitching investors and
3: early on it was that like catch 22 thing that happens where people want to see more progress and they want to see you you know, have you they want to see customers, they want to see all these things, but everything that you want they want to see, you need money to get. <laughs> so I would have these meetings, they'd be like, yeah, this is a great idea. You know, we would love for you to make this leap and then we'll, you know, we'll invest. And but in order to get that leap, I needed money. So that was a constant uphill struggle. And it was a lot of thinking about, you know, what are the small bits of progress that I can make and just be sending people updates weekly being like, you remember when you wanted me to do this? Well this is what I've done and this is is what I've seen, and this is me showing you that things are working, and they're going to keep working. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I have a spreadsheet of those people who are like, mm, come back for series A. Yeah, totally. Um, and I that just... gets
3: really frustrating. But I think you really like quickly learn that you're going to hear way more no's than you're ever going to hear yeses. And um... yeah.
0: the universe gave me a lot of no's in the last like couple years. Yeah, but actual no's are still pretty new to me because I just I don't know I just like fumbled my way into like a huge... I didn't I'm smarter than that. <laughs> but like you know fundraising like I fun, I didn't fundraise until we were like already big like yeah. bigger and profitable so this has been like such an such a learning experience getting yeah. like I have a whole spreadsheet full of no's like mm-hmm. a t-
3: like a huge tab full of no's yeah and it's funny when the no's come back you know yeah like wait a second you're like ching yeah I did it what is next for parachute there's a lot next for Parachute. We're opening a lot more stores, really investing in the offline experience. Um, I'm all about getting our product in people's hands and making sure that they can touch and feel and creating these memorable um, moments that people can really connect to. Um, So doing a lot more of that. We also um, have a hospitality line that we're really developing and working directly with hotels to provide linens and Uh, for the rooms and that's been really fun because we you know we want to be with people as they travel and are on the road and creating these again really memorable moments that you can then take back home we're doing a lot more in what we're doing so you know within the different rooms in your house uh, making sure that we're adding comfort and really being able to you know keep that cozy thing going
0: and you guys have not just sheets but towels now
3: we have sheets, we have towels, we have bathrobes, which are one of my favorite products. Ooh, that's a good um, gift. They are—it's the best gift. We have things like travel kits and throws and decor items. We also carry baby, uh, so we've got crib sheets and swaddles and really cute little things like that. And oh, tabletop! So for hosting, we've got like l- table runners and napkins and placemats. Those are so hard to find. Like cute ones are so hard to These find. These are really great. We've got two collections now, and we're going to keep introducing more for different seasons but they're they're really fun and for me hosting was such a big part of why I love the home space so being able to actually use my products as I'm having friends over yeah not just sleeping with them exactly (laughs) (laughs) they don't have to be behind closed doors anymore I can actually be like hey you're using this more appropriate exactly it's Family friendly.
0: Cool. And this is a question I ask to everyone on Girl Boss Radio. You know, this concept of success is such a fuzzy thing. And we live in this world that success really means one thing. And it means you, like, you know, sold your company, you ipo or you're like on the cover of the magazine or whatever. And those things are great. And, like, I want to do those things and you want to do those things. But success is so many more things than that. And it's something I think we should look at through a broader lens. What does success mean to you?
3: You know, it's really interesting. I think success almost every day can mean something different. I mean, for me, it's so much more about the journey than the endpoint, and I've really had to own that, because, like you said, people talk about these bright shiny objects. You know, hitting these revenue targets or your team is huge, which means you must be successful, you know. Bleeding money. (laughs) Exactly. Or you get this huge valuation and, you know, that's like some sort of gold star. And for me, that's actually, those are like where my deepest fears lie, is creating something that loses who we are at our core and building too fast. You know, it's like all about the health and wellness of a business and I think yourself. But for me, you know, I've really tried to let go of perfection as it applies to success and and really focus on progress and you know I try to be honest with myself like some days getting out of bed is like that's success Mm -hmm. Um, but other days you know looking around and seeing the team that I've built and you know hitting milestones and, and finding ways to celebrate that because you also should really celebrate those milestones and that is part of success but I think it's all about the journey I mean every day that I get to wake up and do something that I love you know I'm I am a successful person
0: you are Thank you so much for coming on Girlboss Radio. Yeah, my pleasure. (laughs) And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And we hope that all of our listeners visit ParachuteHome.com this holiday season. Now let's turn our attention to Mora Ahrens-Mele. She's an author, founder of the award-winning internet marketing firm Women Online, and a self-confessed introvert. Today she joins us to talk about her new book, Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather
1: stay home. So let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? I grew up in South Orange, New Jersey. Pretty suburban New York metro area childhood, nothing too glamorous. What did your parents do? My dad was a labor arbitrator, which is which is a really interesting job. He was sort of like a judge, but he mediated between labor unions and companies or organizations. He did a lot of work in school systems and hospitals. He did a bunch of the pilot strikes. I, and I, I remember he mediated when... Back in the 80s, when they were suspending stewardesses for being overweight, he made a decision and he favored the stewardesses, although that's weird because he was such a like misogynist, but that's all whole other
3: story. Oh. Um, He's but not listening. When
1: he wasn't hearing cases, he worked at home in our home office in our attic, and I can still hear listening back the tap, tap, tap of his typewriter as he would like do his briefs or dictate and smoke endless cigarettes. And he would always say to me in the in his thick New York accent, he'd say, the best boss in the world is an asshole. Wow. And he was very proud that he worked for himself.
0: Do you believe that? That
1: the best <laughs> bosses are assholes? I believe most people are assholes. So <laughs> by default, many bosses are. I think that the culture of work is really toxic. So even people who aren't assholes and I have probably been there myself, we have to act like them sometimes. Yeah, it's
0: like you have to make unpopular decisions when you manage other people, or even as a team member sometimes, you have to be a, a jerk to get your point across, which, I don't know, shouldn't be the case. There's ways of of being like a polite jerk, I think.
1: I think you can be tough, but I think as we're seeing, literally every time I see a name trend on Twitter, I think, oh, who now? Is that there are many other elements that it takes to be an asshole, and people bring all their selves to work, both good and bad, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think that there's a correlation between introverts and
0: and thinking that like people suck? Like, do you think that it's a trait of introverts to think that
1: people suck? <sighs> I that is a great question. I'd actually I'd love to know what you think about that. You know? I think
0: I used to think that people sucked and um the older I get, the more I realize I have to learn from so, you know, I have so much to learn from so many people, but at the end of the day, I really do like get overwhelmed and want to be alone and feel uh feel more um, more vulnerable than I'd like to be in just kind of like normal social settings. So, and it's easy to to think other people are assholes when you are so sensitive.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, I I think that's right. I think that w- when you go through life picking up messages, right? And feeling your own messages, no one likes me, how come no one wants to sit with me? I must be dumb. I'm not normal. I'm this, I'm that, and you sort of You know, I think a lot of us who are introverts also develop social anxiety because we're hesitant, people respond to us. And so we sort of start playing those tapes, right, in our head. And so we almost, it it would make sense that a lot of us do think that people, we think the worst of people because we've gotten conditioned to not be heard or to get negative feedback sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. But I actually, I like to think that people are good. I think that we're all. Human. I mean, I think that one of the things I've learned for so many years now, being sort of a tuned-in, anxious introvert, is that we're all faking it a lot of the time. Like, we're all insecure. We're all human. And that doesn't make us good or bad. We're just human. Have people told you that you're dumb? Because I know you went to
0: Harvard and Brown University, so... Yeah, dumb isn't my
1: issue. Dumb is not my issue. I'm guessing you're but I, not dumb. <laughs> but, I, but I've talked to many because I've interviewed and talked to now so many people who are introverts and have social anxiety. I hear that from them, especially women who aren't that talkative Mm
0: -hmm.
2: they get
1: that feedback certainly if you're in a room full of extroverts who won't start stop talking and you don't talk that much you might get that feedback and it's wrong
0: yeah you're either you either seem like a jerk Mm -hmm. like you don't want to talk to anybody and that like you they're not like worth your time or you're not curious about them or so you either seem like this kind of cold jerk if you're quiet or maybe just dumb and like have nothing to say (laughs) or uninspired right? By traditional definitions, Maura had everything going for her. She was in her 20s and scoring promotion after promotion. But something wasn't right, and Maura was
1: still unhappy. Out of college, I worked briefly in the film industry, actually. I was a publicity assistant in independent film. And that was, it was funny because that was the culture of Weinstein. I worked at a company where a lot of ex Miramax people were. And I, I saw some bad things. I never saw any wine but people used to throw things at people, mm-hmm. and it was such a bullying culture in general. I sort of was like, I'm not going to last here. And everyone smart I knew was going to work in the internet, right? This was the late 90s. So I got myself a job at iVillage.com, which was such an amazing experience. And in my 20s, I worked mostly in internet, consumer internet. I worked at iVillage. I worked in New York, I worked in London, I went all over the world and I was so unhappy. I was a mess. Outwardly successful, inwardly having panic attacks, deeply depressed, anxiety disorder and crying in many bathrooms and acting out. And then finally one day I was like, nope, not doing this. I can't keep doing this. And I was 30. Yeah,
0: it's it's so tough when you have anxiety and depression because it's easy to look around and be like wow, is this my circumstance? Because I've been depressed pretty much my whole life, and it's on and off. I guess I've really, never really talked about it, but it's just such a thing. It's just such a, like, whatever normal thing to me. Like, I've never dated anyone who's not, like, depressive other than the man I'm I'm living with currently. But hmm. it's um it's easy to think that, oh, wow, because I'm stuck in high school and this is the wrong environment for me, I should be at, like, a Waldorf school, or I don't learn this way, or... Oh well, it's because of my relationship, or it's because I'm not in the right career that I'm feeling these things. And sometimes that is the case. Often, or it is or because I case. don't
1: have a relationship, or because I'm not yeah. right. Totally. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm so lucky to be able to complain about a relationship. But you know, how do have you figured out how to navigate like the difference between those things? I tweeted recently. I can't tell the difference between my intuition and my anxiety. And oh, yeah, like.
1: What do you think about that? Oh, Sophia, you just... I I, like want to make a pillow out of that.
0: Yeah, right? Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, am I onto something or am I just like whacked out? (laughs) So my husband, he's lived with me now for almost 12 years, and he has come to be able to see through my anxiety and help me understand that anxiety... So I interviewed the wonderful writer Ashley Ford last week, and she goes, anxiety is a liar. It's telling you lies. And so I think what when we feel like I know the plane's going to go down or I know I'm a loser everyone hates me or this is going to fail that is our anxiety talking that we have to come to a place and I am not there so I'm just I'm not yelling at anyone but ideally and this is what Ashley's working on you come to a place where you can be like anxiety or depression you are lying to me like Get out of the way. Because those of us who travel with anxiety and depression, we have relationships with them. Like, in a way, my anxiety is one of the closest relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. And we are having a dialogue all day long. And so if it's telling me something, I listen to it. But what I'm trying to do is to just be like, stop. How do I know you're right? You say you're right. Maybe you're not. And so, yes, that intuition is probably your anxiety. But it feels real, right? I know, yeah. I was reading this book recently called The Untethered Soul. Have you heard of this book? No.
0: It's it's great. And in the first couple chapters, because that's as far as I got, the author talks about, you know, that voice in your head, which everybody has, but with anxiety mm-hmm. it's amplified. And thinking about that voice as someone that you have to hang out with and, and, like, if you would you, like, let them into your life? Like, if you had to actually, you know, imagine that being a physical person that was in the same room as you telling you, you know, oh, he didn't text you back because he hates you and he's cheating on you and it's actually his phone's dead, right? Or, oh my God, you know, he, he, this is the best thing ever. You're so in love. Wow. And like the conflicting advice that that person or that anxiety gives us constantly is not something we would tolerate in anyone or anything else in our life. Unless you really have like a penchant for abuse. Which many of us do. Which many of us do, but it's not, it just, it's it's something that we have like, yeah, it
1: really is like, it's masochistic. And so, you know. If we met our anxiety on Twitter, we would swipe left or right. Which way do you swipe? I don't know. I'd mute them. I agree with that
0: in theory. When you talk to Maura, it's easy to forget she's an introvert. But being an introvert doesn't have to mean you're not as ambitious as some of the extroverts out there are. Maura has some big ideas on how to use the inherent skills of an introvert to fashion a new kind of professional success.
1: One of the things that I have written about, and I would love your thoughts because you are so insanely successful um, as a depressive, anxious person. <laughs> I think it's really inspiring. <laughs> I how that work. Thanks. Is, yeah. <laughs> is like, do you ever feel, and I actually have a chapter called this, do you ever feel that your anxiety is a gift? Because for me, I actually... I actually do like I've made peace with it and I can see when it's lying to me, but I can also see how it keeps me focused, healthy and sort of hungry and ambitious.
0: I think it keeps me honest for sure. And, Mm -hmm. you know, anxiety is, you know, the an amplified leftover of our primal time, you know, in some ways, the adrenal kind of, you know, leak that we have is is very like fight or flight and. But you know, and but we do live in a world where we're constantly being bombarded by so much information and I think it's easy to to trigger that and it's it can also be something that, yeah, does, you know, connect you know, there's like a lo fi version of Carrie on homeland that I feel like I have, which is maybe just abstract thinking, you know, that anxiety is a bit of like a catalyst for and and I do think it's served me but it can also really hurt my relationships and you know it's not great for you know being focused as a leader and not being reactive and a lot of the things that I think come with anxiety the the outward expression of it may not be as enriching as as the the productivity or idea
1: generation that it can us well, of a soul at peace. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. And of course, I haven't run a really large organization, but I do feel that if you know how to harness your anxiety and keep it in check, it can make you a really empathetic leader. And um, a lot of leaders that I've interviewed with anxiety credit their anxiety to making them good managers because they can tune into other people. They can read the room. They're good at problem solving they're not just going to come in and take up air airtime, right? They're actually going to absorb. So, and I take that seriously. I mean, it's that and it's weird because that sounds like a really like girly relational feminine thing, but I don't think it is. I think it's like good human connection. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if you deal with anxiety and you know how to sort of keep it under wraps, like you probably manage your schedule better, you manage your energy better, you might even manage your health better. I've talked to executives who their anxiety actually dictates how they run their business and their life, which in a way keeps them at peak performance, which which again feels counterintuitive, but I think there's something there.
0: Yeah. I'd like to figure that out. I think the ADD kind of just like makes a big mess of that opportunity for me. But yeah, that's a tough um, one. I calendar everything far in advance and it certainly keeps me honest. So For those listeners who don't know what iVillage is or what, you know, what that means for what you were, you know, how you started your career, what was iVillage and what were you doing there? I think I've just dated myself.
1: Um, (laughs) No, it's (laughs) it's cool. iVillage was the precursor to so much of what we do online. It actually came out of AOL back in the day when we had message boards, so... (laughs) You know, people – iVillage was founded by by two women who saw through AOL and CompuServe message boards the incredible intimacy that was carved when people asked each other questions online. And actually, even dating, you know, before there was Match.com and now Tinder and Bumble, people would often meet and connect with with potential partners on CompuServe message boards. So this was like the the prehistoric way that we connected online. And – iVillage was amazing when I came on because it was really one of the first consumer internet brands that understood the power of women's voices. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard the statistic a million times and your listeners have that women drive, what, 80% or 80 to 90% of all purchasing decisions, right? Thus, you should spend your money with us. I mean, they were one of the first big brands that used their huge internet audience to say, like come spend your money with our audience because this is where the women decision makers are. Mm -hmm. Which I have a lot of problems with because a lot of that money was being spent on shampoo and diapers and not on necessarily sort of taking these women seriously as anything but people who bought stuff. But... It was powerful for me as a young woman to see, wow, when women come together and use their voices online, they have influence. And then if you fast forward 10 years to sort of blogging and the blogging revolution and blogher.com, which I also worked for, and then now you have these incredible YouTube influencers and Instagram influencers and you know the next generation from the early mom bloggers, all of whom we now understand that online influence has currency, currency and is worth money. But I think iVillage really helped pioneer that. And you founded an
0: award-winning social impact agency, Women Online. Is that the social change influencer
1: database or is that the mission mm-hmm. list? There, it's, so the mission list is a product of Women Online. Okay. Women Online is a consulting agency. And then the mission list is our database of women influencers. Tell me, Many more, of the, yeah, tell me more about that. Well, so because I had worked at iVillage and I had worked then in online travel and I worked at Blog Her back when blogging was like the thing in mm-hmm. terms of power and user generated content. And I also worked in democratic politics. I, I really came to this moment where I thought, women's voices online are powerful. These women who are blogging and publishing have millions of readers. And yet, it's still the same old feminine mystique. Like people are still just trying to sell us shit. Like that's why people love moms because we buy a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you're not giving us the credit that we also vote, we advocate, we want social change. And I thought, wow, like if I could create a business around this where I could work with these mom bloggers and these, now I work with YouTubers and Instagram influencers and we're doing you know, a lot with podcasters and Facebook Live and all these amazing new platforms. But the, the main goal is the same as women, people like, like me, frankly, who often work at home and are introverts who create content online because we have something to say. And then what my, my firm does, Women Online, is we match those women and those social media channels with causes and campaigns and nonprofits and, you know, all kinds of really world-changing ideas that those women are going to want to talk about. Is this a nonprofit? It is not. Oh. I mean, some years it is, <laughs> but no, it's. I mean, it's it's a marketing agency. We operate on a sliding scale because we work with a lot of, you know, really small budget nonprofits, and we believe in women led enterprise. But we work with giant organizations as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So you have a new book called Hiding in the Bathroom: An Introvert's Roadmap to Getting Out There When You'd Rather Stay at Home. Tell me about your new book. Is this your first book?
1: It is my first book. It is my first book. It's, you know, writing a book is such an intense experience. I don't know if you found this, but basically, I've built my whole business and my life these past 10 years to being able to work from home because it's really important to me to protect my time and my space. And I, you know, honestly, that is what I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about someone who is very ambitious and driven to succeed, but to take care of her mental health spiritual health and, and person needs control over her time and place and pace of life. So I wrote a handbook about it. I, I made a New Year's resolution as it was about to turn 2016 that I wanted to grow my business women online, but travel less, not be on planes. And I wanted to network less because I hate the idea of networking. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm allergic to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how do I do this? And that sort of spawned the book because I realized mm-hmm. that I and, and lots of other women and men that I had consulted with, we get out there when we have to, and I'm sure you can relate to this, mm-hmm. but only when we have to. And then when we don't have to be out there, like when we're done with that networking event or we're coming off stage or we finish that pitch or we're, you know, finished that presentation, we're either hiding in the bathroom in between sessions mm-hmm. or we are hightailing it back to our hotel room or our, our office or wherever we can be alone and, and recharge. Mm-hmm. And that there wasn't really a manual to do that, you know. I mean, the other thing about the internet and online community is you can – create content online. And that's time that you don't have to spend selling to people in a room or networking or being on a plane. You can have an incredible online network. And that's time that you also don't have to spend literally sort of glad handling and schmoozing and meeting people in in the flesh. And so I wanted to create that manual. And that's what hiding in the bathroom is.
0: What do you think the difference is between an introvert um, and someone who
1: has like social anxiety disorder? I mean, there's a lot of differences. And and I'm certainly not a psychologist, but I I wanted to interview some just so I had a good definition. I mean, the thing about an introvert is it's, it's a temperament you're pretty much born with. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about introverts. We're not all quiet. Many of us are very chatty. Some of us are quiet and shy, but not all of us. Being an introvert is really about controlling your energy. You like to be alone. You recharge through alone time you get drained like superman with kryptonite if you are overly stimulated in either large social settings with lots of strangers by bright lights loud noises there's a lots of lots of sensory pieces of being an introvert however You can go out and build a gazillion dollar enterprise, you know, some of the most famous actors and comedians and big business people like yourself are introverts. So it has nothing to do with how ambitious you are. It's how you recharge and manage your energy. Social anxiety is as my psychologist friend Ellen Hendrickson says it's a learned behavior so you might be born introverted or extroverted you learn social anxiety through negative feedback Hmm. so it could be you know I I heard a story about a famous CEO who was in debate club in high school and he clammed up on stage once and everyone started laughing at him and for many many years he could not give talks even though he was a really famous CEO he had social anxiety because of a bad experience in high school So it even happens to really powerful people. But many of us who have social anxiety, it's not just about giving speeches. It's about getting out of bed in the morning. It's about calling a client on the phone. Even small interactions will fill us with fear. And many introverts have social anxiety, although it's not necessarily connected.
0: We'll have more with Maura Aaron's melee in a moment. Chloe, know what time it is? Lunchtime. It's not lunchtime. It's time to talk about ShipStation. ShipStation has been a great partner to Girlboss Radio. And ShipStation is an essential. It's so easy to start a business online now. You can use social media to market. You can have your friends wear your cute stuff. You don't need real models. It's never been easier. It's never been easier to sell online. And ShipStation makes that so much easier, because they are the fastest and easiest way to manage and ship all of your holiday orders from one place. So whether you're on Shopify, Squarespace, or another popular selling channel, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one easy to use interface, making it really easy to manage from your phone, your iPad, your computer, pretty much any device. And then you can create shipping labels. Do you have a favorite uh, carrier? Chloe, it was FedEx, right? Yeah. (laughs) So Chloe (laughs) likes FedEx. I do. (laughs) I'm so biased. Thank you for your contribution. (laughs) I prefer USPS because I've always wanted to drive the mail track mm. and You know, ShipStation is an incredible partner because they let you choose the right carrier with the lowest rate for every single package. And right now, you can get a special offer exclusive to Girlboss Radio. Try ShipStation.com free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my offer code Girlboss. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com. That's S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com. And before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Girlboss. That's shipstation.com. Enter Girl Boss. Shipstation. Make ship happen. Make ship happen. Make My ship favorite. happen.